Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Force users of all ages, welcome back to Inside the Tauntaun, a Star Wars podcast where we get to the guts of what makes Star Wars meaningful to us. My name is Alyssa Simmons, and I am joined by Dino Nicandros. Hello. And Daniel Dawson. Hello there. And by God, we're Star Wars fans. Well, look at us. Woohoo! Welcome back. We did it. Another week. Yeah, we and and we we survived. We are here. We are healthy, thankfully. Queer, we're Star Wars fans. Speak for yourself. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> Two out of the three are queer. <laughs> we're. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll, let's just cut to the chase. A lot has transpired in the last yes. few days since. What we a freaking week! I've been battling on Hoth this whole time. I know. How goes it down there? Well, times are hard, man. Use the tow cables. I think we might. Oh, really? I don't. Is that a thing? Where is that button? Well, there's a guy <laughs> sitting behind you. Yeah, he... he... Ah! Oh! Full time! Well, well, no, like facing the other direction. <laughs> He's already done that many times before we hit record. I don't know so... that's going to make the final cut. Um, oh, jeez. better. Anyways, or we I thought... Uh, that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there's some uh, amazing new developments in the last week and uh, really exciting. I thought for sure... We would maybe get some of these little nuggets uh, May 4th or pre-May 4th to celebrate, but here we are. Yeah. Week following May 4th. started trickling out May 4th, but... uh, And these are are more or less leaks, though, right? Well, I I wouldn't call it... Leaks is kind of a nefarious word. This is kind of... I think I'm going to go with, like, Disney hasn't officially confirmed, but it's stuff that will be confirmed by Disney, so it's... It's sure. not like plotly. Not a rumor. Yeah. yeah. It's just casting stuff that would. I want to know sources. Sorry. <laughs> I want to know sources. Oh, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I thought all you had to do was say sources, and that that just that sources. Just, <laughs> sources. I'm just going to keep yelling that throughout the podcast. That, oh, that's geez. kind of the. Uh, Hold on a sec. That's kind of the. Screen. Oh my god. Oh no. This feature on Zoom is the worst thing to happen. <laughs> yes. Be thankful you're listening and not watching. Or maybe you are watching. Or maybe you are watching. If you are YouTube. watching. YouTube. Um, so let's let's get into it. Go ahead, Dino. Let's get freaking into it. So I'm done. So our first rumor, um, or un, un, unconfirmed by Disney, but mm-hmm. very likely at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Hayden Christensen returning as Anakin Skywalker mm. in, in the Deborah Chow directed Obi Wan series. Mm. 
now, now the implications of this are uh, interesting because, well, we assume, and probably rightfully so, that the Obi-Wan series uh, takes place between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Kind right. Yeah, uh, as a diary of kind of what he's been doing on Tatooine as he watches over Luke and self-imposed exile. But now this adds a, an interesting wrench into that idea. I, I think the timeline is still correct, but do we maybe uh, see the series start before the end of Revenge of the Sith? Or is this flashback potential? Or, yeah. you know, I'm wondering also if they just like do... Hayden Christensen's up if they, they they just like give him a lot of like makeup so we see like a lot more of uh him without the helmet on you know what I mean mm, maybe like bald and destroyed oh you mean you see Vader in the series yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah starting yeah. to see him like de- deteriorate physically uh-huh and like maybe somehow like you know he's able to see him I don't know how maybe like through yeah I mean I I think because in A New Hope, Vader has been waiting so long to see him. I doubt we see any sort of interaction between. Yeah, them. you know, I, I'm, I'm so interested, and I'm gonna. Maybe Obi Wan is able to see him. Maybe he's like watching, but like, mm. you know, I, I, I do think it's gonna be more. I would have to think it's flashback. You're probably like, right, though. Yeah, I that mean, seems. And the the only reason that I seems right. The only reason I think that is because, and I'm walking on eggshells. I'm walking on eggshells. Yeah. I, I tee you up, don't I? I just throw softballs at Daniel here. And he... <laughs> um, but but the Alyssa hasn't hasn't seen the end of Clone Wars. Still, and, sorry. Uh, yeah, that was my <laughs> passive aggressive way of shaming you publicly. Get it no. done. <laughs> I, I made some leeway yesterday. I watched six episodes yesterday. So oh, I'm at a girl. Yeah. So I'm nearly done with season two now. So okay. you're, you're almost getting the, the, the good stuff. There, like there's the no shaming here. It's a, yeah, yeah. no, it's, um, I will say that I'm happier with season two than right, I right. was with season one. And yeah, and, yeah, and by the way, I would say, uh, what season, season four, I would say end of season three or well, I guess like, the end of season four is when it got really <laughs> hella good. Um, got yeah, it. yeah. Uh, but based on what happens kind of at the end of Clone Wars mm-hmm. and just where things are left, yeah. I'm not sure you see Anakin interacting with any of these people again. Probably not. Until he's Darth Vader. Yeah. Because um, like, how do you do that and make the rest of the story make sense? Yeah. You put yourself in a really awkward position. and And it it kind of lessens the impact of, of Anakin seeing Obi-Wan again after all that time. Yeah. Right. Right. Again after all that time. That being said, and I'm going to try to not spoil anything for Alyssa, but like, if you do, I'll scream. Yeah. <laughs> there is a, uh, an interesting, um, in, in Clone Wars, there is an interesting storyline for Obi-Wan, uh, like a huge character arc, thing that really kind of changes the way I see Obi-Wan like for the entire series mm-hmm. of films and uh it's not necessarily a retcon it's just like it just adds so much extra depth to his you, character you never heard about it yeah yeah cool. uh-huh and so like it, yeah it doesn't it, it doesn't make like you know um 
you know, his performance in episode four or five or six, like, you know, wrong or anything. It just like, you, it just adds an extra layer underneath it that like, that totally still works. And so, I mean, it, it, if they were really clever, they could do something like that. Um, yeah, I'd be interested to see if they retread on any ground they cover in Clone Wars. Mm. If there's any kind of crossover. Um, yeah. Which is possible. Um based on we've talked about this briefly rosario dawson again confirmed but probably confirmed that she's playing live action ahsoka tano dope dope um if if they wanted to do some like crossover start the obi-wan series before the end of revenge of the sith you are now able to do that which is kind of nuts i also want to put a pin in the casting of ahsoka tano because i'm sure about something you're going to talk about later on Sorry, keep talking. (laughs) I'm just saying, I am saying my thoughts out loud. Okay, okay. Um, so that that that's really great development. I'm I'm interested to see. uh, How do I say this without besmirching George Lucas's writing? But what we we can acknowledge, we can acknowledge that the prequels, from a like a purely dialogue standpoint, Mm -hmm. aren't the strongest. Yeah. No, and I'm really, I'm really, whatever his role in the series is, I'm so excited to see, like, Deborah's direction on him. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited about that. A, Hayden deserves another go at Yes, at and whatever he does. And one of the, one of the, He's an excellent actor. One of the disappointments a lot of Redditors had, not that their opinion necessarily matters more than anyone else but the well, i don't know tell that to episode nine <laughs> well, I, was, well, I was gonna say like the one of their big disappointments is that anakin didn't show up that he he wasn't the one giving ray guidance or yeah it oh, wasn't right. highlighted having been a chosen one a chosen one or the chosen one depending on your opinion but um right. so talking to his grandson Right, and I remember I was at Star Wars Celebration in Orlando in 2017, and they were doing, you know, the 40 years of Star Wars celebration, and he came out during that panel with Ian McDermott. He came out? I didn't know he was out. Oh my, we should have featured him on our diversity episode. (laughs) It was was really special for for everyone. Um, But when he walked out on stage, everyone was like, well, of course he's here, but then the speculation started kind of trickling in, oh my God, he's going to show up in Last Jedi. He's going to show up in mm-hmm. oh, Rise of Skywalker eventually. Uh, and nothing. So so you think that this 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 inclusion in the Obi-Wan series has been like, you know, a long time in the making kind of thing? For as long as the Obi-Wan series has been an idea, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, think, I think they've been looking for the appropriate way to bring him back in. Well, um, yeah. Do you, I mean, like, uh, do you think that that's, I mean, well, I, I guess it couldn't have been the reason why he was at the celebration. No, no, I mean, no, they were just. I mean, he was at celebration because he was at celebration. I mean, <laughs> and he played Anakin Skywalker. I mean, he's yeah, but but he had disappeared for a long time, and, right? And th- I think that was more by choice than than Lucasfilm kind of because he 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 kind of took it took hard. it pretty hard. There was some criticism of yeah. Well, he kind of he, did, he like he more or less blames. Uh, Star Wars for kind of like ending his career sort of right am I crazy 
Yeah, I don't remember if he ever explicitly said that. I mean, I know he didn't because they wouldn't invite him back. But yeah, right. But I think there was kind of Bye. there was kind of a. Oh, he did what? Oh, um, there was kind of an insinuation that the the critics were super hard on him. The fans even more so. Oh yeah, but they've yeah, started yeah. To, to kind of embrace him again, and so him showing up at celebration was kind of a. We still love you. Yeah, and we love the- you, Annie. We want you to live. I think that Star Wars fans will have fully healed when they are able to forgive. Well, I, I think they already have. If I'm you, willing. If you read the comments about how angry they were, he wasn't included in the sequel movie. In these, at all. yeah. Mm-hmm. Jar Jar Banks. Oh, not Jar Jar. No, no, no. No, no that's what I was going to no, say. Hayden Christensen. I think that the Star Wars fans will well, have fully Best, healed. Yeah, they. I mean, Ahmad Best is going to be um, hosting a. Uh, a TV show, Star Wars TV show for kids that was like Legends of the Hidden Temple, but it's for oh, that's cool. kind of fun, but it's for Jedi. Like he runs. Oh, yeah, that's so fun! I would have lost my mind about that oh when I was a kid. I'm really glad. I mean, he was suicidal after those. Yeah, things, I know. Which is just yeah, we. I mean, it's we've talked about this a little bit. How absolutely brutal a, a fans very small, can be a very and, small sect, but very vocal group of fans have just been yeah. awful. Yeah. Hey guys, if you're listening to this podcast, knock it off. Well, first of all, knock it off, but also send our good friend Jodger Biggs a message. You know, on, yeah, Ahmad Best is on Twitter. Yeah, he's on Twitter. Like, just say, hey, just thinking of you, um, <laughs> and you know, I liked your performance, and I see that now. And it, you know, I was wrong. It, I was wrong. I was wrong, it, Jar Jar. It, 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 it well, I mean, fault. don't have opinions on the character of Jar Jar. I mean, it's not about that. It's, it's the about- same. It's the same. I mean, with like the the um, original three films, like you know, people. There's a whole group of people that feel that way about Ewoks. Yeah. Think Although I am curious. I mean, like if he was, if he. I'm like, you aren't the one that wrote the, the line. That's what I'm saying. Me. Although if he was, that would be really, really sad. And I'd be like, oh no. That's what I'm saying. Any character deficiencies, can't, I mean, you know. No, you can't, blame, you can't blame the actor. Are you, no. are you kidding? And if you've, and if you've Unless it's the actor's fault. <laughs> Unless they <laughs> But, but even, even, even if it was. Like, but it wasn't. It was not his fault. No, it wasn't. But getting, getting a person Period. to the point where they want to take their life Guys, it's Star Wars. For goodness sakes. For the love of God. And I'm not saying that to be reductive of Star Wars, but it's Star Wars. We love Wars. Star Wars, but it's Star Wars. That They're movies. So reductive, Dino. Space fantasy. Jeez. Yeah, it's... So, yeah. I don't even know what reductive means. I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's exciting. I'm excited about yeah. him being a part of the Obi-Wan series. That's going to be awesome. And and cool. if if he, he and Ewan McGregor get, you know, Time, time mm-hmm. together again, which undoubtedly they will. That's that's super cool, especially yeah. in light of uh, successful Clone Wars series, which reinvigorated that relationship, mm-hmm. reinvigorated those movies, as we've talked about so much. Um, another prequel actor um, switching gears a little bit. Gears in the last couple of days, uh, it has been announced again, not officially but this is likely a celebration announcement. Yeah. Um, Tamara Morrison mm-hmm. for playing Django Fett and all of his clones in Attack yeah. of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. It's been cast as Boba Fett in Mandalorian season two. Oh! Yes! Yay! 
This is amazing, amazing news. Amazing news because because of the implications of his cast. Number one, we've it's been hinted that Boba hasn't been dead, and it should be noted that in the old expanded universe before Disney kind of scrapped most of it and recanonized, Boba gets out of the Sarlacc Sarlacc pit. Right. Yes. Very. You'll remember in Return of the Jedi, he he launches off his jetpack and collides at the barge and falls into the the pit. Right. And very. He uh, then basically uh, burns his way out with his flamethrower, and he's he's partially digested when this happens. Like his arm effed, and (laughs) he's not going to look good, but he's going to be back. I mean, uh, yeah. At that moment, yeah. And George Lucas has always maintained he was alive. He has officially said he he is alive. Well, I think even if he was still stuck in the Sarlacc pit, he would technically still be, well, no. Yeah, well, it takes the, yeah, it takes the Sarlacc pit a, a thousand years to digest you. So, I mean, there's a good chance. I mean, as long as he's got food down there, let, let's just pretend that he brought like rations with him. Well, in, in, in one of the uh, Star Wars Aftermath books, which is a, a trilogy of books written by uh, Chuck Wednig, he, uh, he does this. Uh, it's in the first book. He does these little asides that show you just little vignettes of what's going on around the galaxy. And in one of them, he mentions that Boba Fett's armor is being worn by somebody else. Somebody found oh uh-huh. armor, which means that got spit up, which means it's likely he got out and just left his shitty armor. There you go. Um, so he's out there running around somewhere. How confusing would it be if like, you know, yeah, he got rid of his armor and then Rex picked up his armor. <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's very confusing. So, <laughs> that's interesting to see where Boba is, how, what his role is. It's, it's uh, accompanying these rumors. They were kind of talking about the size of his role in season two and that he's only going to be in one episode. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Well, there, it- there was an even less substantiated rumor, so take this with a huge grain of salt because I don't know how someone would know this at this point. Sprinkle, sprinkle. But uh, they said in season three he's going to be a big deal. Oh, shit. And they're yeah, already they're, season three is yeah. They're already they're already working on well, season three. Well, Fett is going to be a big deal. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, uh, I mean, you're you're not even done like listing all the things that we were going to talk about, yeah. but um, like you know, already it's becoming a fairly crowded season two. But as it, far it, as it, like it, you know, big names go for Star Wars, so sure it's like, is, but. Again, he's only in the one episode. Right. And we don't even know like how much of the episode he's uh-huh. in. He could just be like literally a reveal at the end. But, the but I don't think they'd be reintroducing him if they didn't have plans. Plans, sure. yeah. But totally. what's interesting, though, is that because Tamara Morrison playing Boba Fett also plays his clones, or plays mm-hmm. the clones of Boba's father, mm-hmm. Captain Rex... Captain Rex. It's confirmed in Rebels. He was fighting at the Battle of Endor. Yep. White bearded Rex. Yep. 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 He was. He was. They retconned Rex into the Battle of Endor because there's a there's a Rebel soldier in Return of the Jedi that has this giant white furry beard, and they're now calling him Rex. And I I love love that so. Love it. I love love it. it Makes me so happy. So Rex is out there. Uh, Ahsoka is alive. Rosario Dawson will be playing Ahsoka. We know she's going to show up in Mandalorian season two. Mm-hmm. Rumored yep. that he only shows up in one episode as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Because right. um, again, crowded. Very crowded. By Sabine Wren. Sabine! Sabine. Rebels. Yes. I love Sabine. 
Man. Um, so I think as far as like season two of Mandalorian, these are going to be chance encounters and maybe not super consequential yeah. immediately because but, we're getting a rebel sequel series this year. Right. Uh, an animated yeah. series. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of what I was trying to figure out. It's like, it's, it's this kind of like the, like the pilot episode. Well, there was an announcement about that where um, the sequel series of rebels is going to be done with full clone wars animation. Oh, interesting. Oh, okay. Because it was like easier or cheaper, like oh, because it's better. It's more expensive and better. Sure. Yeah. What Alyssa? When you get to the final episodes of Clone Wars, you'll you'll see what we're we're talking about. Oh, it's a film. It's a film. Yeah. I mean, I've seen I've seen obviously like I haven't been able to avoid complete. Yeah. 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 Like honestly, like there's 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 like if they had done like episode one, like some of the battles in episode one, like they do in the Clone Wars finale. I, I The cleanliness been... and the smoothness of the, the animation is unbelievable. It um, is really so It's gonna suit a Rebels series really well, but I believe the Rebels sequel series is slated to come out a month after um, Mandalorian. Okay. So Ahsoka and Sabine and Rex, if he's involved, have, have their mission. I, I don't know how far along they are looking for for um, Ezra, Ezra, which I assume is the capacity we'll see them in. That opens a whole nother door. Ezra's oh. in Mandalorian too, is that what you said, Daniel? What's that? Did you say Ezra's in Mandalorian as well? Yeah, right, I'm just saying. He's in it, Yoda's in it. He's in it. <laughs> well, this does open the interesting possibility of Ezra and Thrawn are out there Oh, somewhere, and are. I don't know how much of Mandalorian you want to, you know, kind of cohabitate with the Rebels story. Right. Like, it might just be like. I think this is just kind of a fun crossover event. I do yeah. too. I do too. Like, I, kind I of like Marvel television. Kind of yes. Marvel television weaving in and out of the movies. Because um, if I was going to make a, you know, if I was going to make a, the, I think the reason why they're bringing some of those characters into the Mandalorian story is because the Mandalorian story is going to have a little bit more to do with the like the 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 what is it the great purge of uh, yeah the great purge of yeah. Mandalore of Mandalore um, and that's why Sabine is important because she comes yes. from Mandalorian royalty um, and I think mm-hmm. that they're gonna they're more than likely going to tell us because I mean you know they're not gonna like pull out the fucking dark sword or the dark saber and just like not tell us like well you know a but, some of the fans who don't know what it is they have to like let them know and then also how did right he get because it? how did how did he get it yeah. And uh, and if well, Sabine is going to be in it, she's going to be like, "Oh, let me tell you, well, all about it." This yeah. next piece of news uh, is fascinating. Very fascinating. Dark saber, and let's give some backstory because I, I know a lot of casual fans were like, "What the hell is a dark saber?" Uh, it's introduced in Clone Wars. Uh, it's a a black tinted lightsaber yes. um, that belonged to an ancient Jedi that was. Uh, taken by a Mandalorian warrior. Mandalorian warrior kills a Jedi, takes it, and- Back when they were not friends. And it becomes a symbol of whoever, you know, it's kind of like Thor's hammer. Whoever wields this, wields power. Immense Um, power, yeah. uh, And basically is like the leader of Mandalorian. You're the leader of the Mm -hmm. Mandalorian tribe. Uh, So it's, it's changed hands over the course of these two animated series. Uh, And when last we saw it, uh, Sabine gave it to Bo-Katan. Right. Well, Bo-Katan 
is going to be appearing in Mandalorian season two. Played, played by the actress who voiced her, Katie Sackhoff. Oh okay. my gosh. Yeah. So, okay. Remember me putting a pin? Yes. yes. Pulling the pin, pulling the pin out. So that's, that's the only thing that's like a little interesting. I'm like super like, like hella nerd boner about this, but like why her and then not Ahsoka Tano? What do you mean? As far as the voice actor goes. Oh, I, I, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I feel like that's going to like create a little like. Well, little- well, I, I don't because Kaylee Sackhoff has a lot of experience. She was on Battlestar Galactica. She's done. She's done a lot of sci-fi real-time acting. Ashley Eckstein yeah. is a voice actor. Yeah, I mean, she's a voiceover actor. Whatever. That's not her. Yeah, it's yeah. not. Well, I mean, I think, I think, I think, regardless of that, like actual real point, because I, I totally agree with that. Um, I'm sure it's going to create a lot of divisiveness. <laughs> it, it has a little bit already, but Ashley Eckstein's been at the forefront of telling people relax. Calm down. Uh, it's yeah. not like she's getting canceled. She has a rebel sequel. No, she's yeah, still got she's work. Fine. She's, she's still fine. got work. She's fine. She's yeah. going to be involved with Star Wars for a good long while. But I do think okay. there's something of the physical demands. Rosario Dawson's done a lot of sci-fi as well. Yes, she's, true. Uh, she's, she can be an action star. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Ashley's incapable of stuff like that. But she's a voiceover actress. So it's, it's a different medium. It's not her. Yeah, it's not her court. But this is so fascinating because, again, wow. the last time we see the Darksaber before Mandalorian, is it was given back to Bo-Katan by Sabine Wren. Right. Then comes the Great Mandalorian Purge. Which we don't know about yet. Gide- no. Moff Gideon ends up with the, the Darksaber. So either we see... So he's apparently a part of the Purge. I would assume, yeah, I would assume. Yeah. He knew a lot about it. I mean, he, he was definitely a young officer when it happened. Um, yeah. And then he, how he gets the Darksaber, either we see it in a flashback or Bo-Katan, come the time of Mandalorian, is, identifies who has it and has come to take it back. I kind of feel like yes. maybe awesome. like a, the Moff, Moff Gideon is um, like his, like I think that he has his headquarters on Mandalore. Like, that's where he's based. Could be. Maybe. Could be. But all we know is there a massacre happens there, and he winds up with... Oh, man, I really hope they show some flashbacks! Uh, I think they will. Right? We, I mean, we, we've kind of been speculating a little bit. I feel like we... That's going to be an expensive cool, flashback. <laughs> how cool would it be to see Bo-Katan and, you know, in a, a Mandalorian series, and here we are. I mean, she's... Man. Yeah. She's a badass. Um, that's it. Unbelievable development. That's yeah. super exciting. Wow. Huge, huge, huge. Um, and so cool for the actress to be able to like play her in two different, like completely medium. different mediums. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, this, this was reported this morning by Peter Serretta from Slash Film, and he's got a, a really good track record with this. It'd be like the equivalent of like Mark Hamill, like being able to play the Joker in real life. Like that'd be. Yeah. Pretty yeah. Um, and if you look at Katie Sackhoff, she she looks. If you go Google up a picture mm-hmm. of her, if you're not if you haven't seen her in a while or you're not familiar with her, she looks like her animated character, which is so cool. Yeah, you you can awesome. see you can see where the inspiration came from. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mando is going in really interesting direction. Wow, very so, interesting direction. So much Mando news. Um. But yeah, that's a that's a crowded season too. Like it's crowded in terms of names, but a, yeah. again, 
I, I don't, I, Bo-Katan might be more involved, but that makes yeah. sense to me because she's- It fits in the story. Yeah, I think, I think, Dino, you nailed it right on the head. Like, I don't think that all of, all of those characters are going to be like, you and you're going to have five storylines. Large, lines. large storylines in The story in is about days. Mando and Baby Yoda, and they're going right. to encounter Ahsoka briefly. Yeah, it's going to be cross. It's going to be little little encounters, ships passing like, the night. These are to set up. It's, it's kind of like Avengers Endgame, where you have... Yeah. I always go back to it, because it's the perfect example of there is a very simple plot right? Mm-hmm. that set up so many other things with just nods and winks and... Yeah. Right. But there's a singular focus, and the focus is on Mandalorian at this point, uh, Din Djarin getting uh, the child back to wherever. Back to the homeland, yeah. wherever that is. Um, back into the hands of... But you'll, 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 kind of, you'll kind of cross paths with people who are on their own journeys. And, yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's cool Which that I think is, I think is a, a smart thing, and also a really... A really fun thing to do for Star Wars fans, yeah. especially really, really big Star Wars fans, because a lot of people will like, you know, I know there's there's quite a few people who have only watched Mandalorian, who've yeah. like not really even seen the Star Wars movies. Yeah. Right. And so to be like, I don't I don't know who that I don't know who that is, but like, OK, cool. Neat. But like for us, like that's well, it's it's also thrilling to be able to to think about what these um, characters who we've only seen in animated form yeah. right, in, in live action form. Well, and that's why I think their roles, like, like we've just been saying, are, are going to be relatively small. And yeah. I, that, that's okay. One, from a story clarity standpoint, yeah, keeping the focus where it needs to be. But two, there are a lot of people even who listen to, to this podcast who have no interest in the animated stuff or no. right, haven't seen it. And, and Which what the hell is your problem? <laughs> but but they won't they won't lose anything by having no, not at all not seen it. I mean th- these will be cool eye winks for us to to get us ready for the other series that will be coming out. Um, but this is in no way going to impede your ability to understand or enjoy enjoy Mandalorian. No, not Mandalorian. at all. Um, uh, but I'm really excited. We're all really excited. That's yeah. Amazing. Those are all. Oh. I, I, I side sidebar. I'm kind of like curious to. Um, if this is also maybe leading into like this uh, Luminos uh, Project Luminos Project Luminos, like maybe you know, setting up some thematic ideas that uh huh yeah like just because of like the how Mandalore like be, you know first like had their battle with the Jedi you know what I mean like if yeah no totally that. we could definitely see some some uh, some pre star you know pre star wars that we know pre prequels mm-hmm. star wars uh mandalorian action where we understand where the animosity came from and yeah like maybe like how the the dark saber was was taken from the jedi at the, like you know yeah that would be really neat to see yeah they they've left themselves the ability to to kind of branch out in all directions and mm-hmm. more importantly make star wars interesting outside of the skywalker yes story yes right you know, there there are other applications of the Force. Daniel, you and I were talking about this uh, in the context of the video games, the Fallen Order video game. Yeah, um, being introduced to Force users who aren't Sith, aren't Jedi, right? Like they may not even know what they are, or care, and, or, care, or, or right. think both are wrong. Sure, mm-hmm. um, because they are religions. I mean, they are right. you know, the Jedi and the Sith are religions. Yeah. Um, 
so it, I, a lot of interesting directions. And it, speaking of Fallen Order, uh, EA announced, uh, uh, Disney and, and EA both announced this week that Fallen Order is becoming a, a video game franchise. Yes, I mean it's that you know a sequel, definitely a sequel. But we knew a sequel was coming, but the franchise thing. Franchise, it's like okay. I mean, we're digging into this uh, this Jedi Purge time period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but with characters who don't necessarily know Obi Wan. Yeah. Uh, not which I think is which I think is really really cool awesome. and really smart. Super cool, and it's just like like with the implications of that. It's like so like where do they go? Well, and, and the whole plot being, how do we restore the Jedi Order? So you're going to see various groups of people trying their best to restore the Order. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, and it are, like, are they going to like somehow like wrap it up with them at the battle um, on, uh, oh shoot, you know, at the end of the, um, the island. Oh, on, um, oh, on Exegol? Uh-huh. Uh, maybe. I mean, the rebel ship was there. The ghost was there. Uh, That'd be pretty cool. Be neat. Who knows? But I mean, the, and the thing that I don't know, boners. I love that because there are it, what George Lucas built was it, an entire universe, mm-hmm. right? And we know like the stories of the Skywalker well, saga. Yep. What? Well, a galaxy. Galaxy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so it's it's exciting and. And really fun that we're getting to meet really all is. of these new people. I was yeah. concerned about, I, I really was concerned about Overload. And this kind of came to a head when Solo kind of bounced at the box office. Yeah. Probably unnecessarily. And I think part of that was uh, timing. It was all a lot of timing. It yeah. was sandwiched between some some other behemoth movies and it was kind of just an awkward time for it to be out because Disney's yeah. moved all their releases to Christmas since mm-hmm. they inherited Star Wars, but then they were going to try May again, but people don't associate May with Star Wars anymore right. or like, yeah. you know, for, for a release date because we're so used to the big Marvel event movies now. Uh, but anyway, I, w- I was kind of at the point where it's like, I think we're trying to think too much is happening. You're taking away from the special kind of, event quality that it has always been star wars but the quality of storytelling on television has has really reinvigorated the uh oh yeah the whole saga yeah um, well i think um i think it was either trisha or robert or maybe even both of them said that mandalorian specific i think it was robert um he said that like the mandalorian is sort of what like reinvigorated his his love for Star Wars. You know what's interesting? Okay, actually, you just like this is an interesting topic that I think we should talk about. Do you think that Solo would have done better if they had created a TV series and it wasn't just in the two hour format and it was like not not just that one story, but like maybe because like I think that they were planning like three movies for the solo series that got ended up like probably not happening because it didn't do well. But like, what if that was done as like a Disney plus series? Potentially. Like, I mean, it, it, it really suffered from having two sets of hands at the wheels. I mean, Ron Howard yeah. come in after 60% of the movie was shot and yeah. yeah. And you can feel the tonal differences. There are two totally. movies happening. Yep. 
Absolutely. Yep. And you um, should, and I, I do like one of those movies better. Uh, yep. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, there is a part of the film where I'm like, oh, there's the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, there, there was nothing about Solo that, and we don't need to go on too much, we can talk about Solo on its own, but like, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's nothing inherently that I dislike about so i enjoyed no same i yeah i enjoyed it too in fact i think it's like they have one of the best droids i think that they've ever created for star yes i I adore i adore that droid in that movie um so i i I don't know i i I do think it was it was more the creative differences that kind of damned that thing to obscurity um also there is the whole thing of I think, for the record, Alden Ehrenreich did a great job as as Han, considering what his task was, but his task is impossible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely impossible. To follow up Han's, you know, to follow up Harrison Ford. It's, yeah. it's impossible. And he did a remarkable job, but... Remarkable. I don't think fans um, asked for, or, you know, were, were super keen on a, a Han follow-up. It's like, we, we don't need it necessarily yeah, yeah sure um that being said i think there's a place for it yeah and, and i'm kind of i i yeah i'm i'm sort of in like i mean yeah you since you sort of like inspired me i kind of feel like it may have done better in the in the episodic form like yeah i think you're right which is an interesting segue because um grace randolph she's a movie critic she's a uh She's done some comic book writing, but she has a, a show where she uh, kind of reviews movies, reviews trailers, um, and she's she's very well plugged in. She had mentioned that the, Disney was in the early stages of developing a Lando series for Disney Plus with Donald Glover. Which is dope. Who I think is probably the star of that movie. Oh, I mean, oh. hands down, hands yeah. down. He, he is, he is, a kindred spirit with Billy D. Williams. Yep. Yeah. Um, he's so friggin' cool without trying. Literally. Um, mm-hmm. But there's your potential to perhaps pick up on the story threads that Solo introduce. Yeah. And you could have Han come in and out. And you have to bring back Darth Maul. You have to bring him back. Well, uh, she, she, Grace Randolph says there, that is a very, likely scenario again it's just one person relaying what she has been told from industry people yeah so this is not us scooping like we we have no knowledge of this but uh, but obviously he would yes he's running crimson dawn at this point the crime organization oh spoiler alert sorry guys if you haven't watched it um (laughs) yeah so i i i I can't help you there he's he is alive (laughs) and well and um, well, I wouldn't say well. well but definitely well, not well. <laughs> not, not, well. And he's not alive in real time. But in this time period we are discussing, he, is, he has gone, he is ex-Sith Lord, Sith Lord gone full crime Lord. Yeah. You see him at the end of Solo. He and is we're all Lord. like, oh my God, you can't do that. Yeah. And, then, and then not follow up on this. And based on how he's used in Clone Wars and how we've talked about him at nauseum, but we could do an episode on Darth Maul now because he's, Oh, really one of the best characters in Star Wars. Truly. And if you were in the Solo series, uh, I would imagine uh, physically played by Ray Park and voiced by Sam Witwer. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
Oh my God. Like how freaking cool. That would be just nuts. Um, I want yeah. that. Oh, well, here's it. Okay. That. So uh, sort of to flip the question, um, do you think that I can, I mean, I, I, at least I think I know what the answer is for me. Uh, uh, do you think that the Mandalorian would have done like ish around the same as Solo um, if it was a movie instead of a series? Well, I think, I think the Mandalorian's already using storylines from the Boba Fett film they were. I agree. I totally agree. Josh, yeah. That Josh Trank was supposed to be heading yep. back in 2016 before they... Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm so glad it's not a film. I'm yeah. So yeah. Well, and I'm glad the focus isn't Boba Fett. Yeah. Same. I, I'm, I'm glad it's... Because it's, it's, it, it does feel like it's more of a... Like a... I don't know... I'm just, like, it's more like a corporate decision. <laughs> this feels more like an artistic decision. Mandalorian feels more artistic decision. Right. Boba Fett show feels more like. Well, and I, I mean, to be frank, Boba Fett hadn't earned a movie. Totally. I agree. Like, he's a guy in cool armor who I, yes. I love him to death and I'd love to sure. explore his story. And you kind of. You You're get about to get a lot of hate mail by Boba Fett. Lovers, <laughs> I, I'm, I am a Boba Fett fan. And you get you inside get. the Tonchon podcast at gmail.com. Make sure to email your hate mail to Dino. I'll just give you my phone number. I'll spare <laughs> you. Um, I can take it. I can take you, noobs. Um, <laughs> Whoa! Um, Shot fired. I, I love Boba Fett, and you get part of his story in the prequels, and then you definitely get more of it in Clone Wars. You'll yeah. see what I'm talking about, Alyssa, if you haven't already. Um, uh, he, he's worth exploring, but he uh, he's. He sh- he's not a real Mandalorian. He and Django aren't right. real Mandalorians. Right. They they right. take on the mantle of it, but um, so we want to we want a story obviously about a Mandalorian who's yeah. a real Mandalorian. Well, and here's the other thing too is that I feel like you know it's really really hard to have like your main character, your main man in the story to be like he's not really a protagonist, but like he's, because he's sort an of like an evil character. I mean, yeah, so it's like- Kind of a, a an amoral anti-hero, I guess. Right. So <laughs> it's like, I guess you could make a, a show about that, but I think it's easier to do it with a character that we don't know because then right. you can like sort of make that arc for you him. You develop your own. Right, right. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's uh, the Mando, he kind of starts out, we assume he is, I mean, he's a bounty hunter. So he's done a lot of, he's probably done some bad stuff. Totally, yeah. obviously has, but got a bunch of. They make that pretty clear. You can tell there's heart there. Bounty in the car. That's the whole point. The I don't know. I don't know if there's a ton of redeeming qualities about Boba Fett. We, yeah, we same. Know where he came from. You you know he lost his father, but like it's hard to get that root for factor. I think it's just more like like you know people having nerd boners. Like oh look at that cool thing that Boba Fett did, but like you don't really root for him. Like emotionally. right. It's better to keep Boba more on the side of. I mean, I wouldn't call it, he's not an evil character. He's a bounty hunter, but totally. But it's better to keep him on that side of the ledger and let this, you know, let Din Djarin go through the the growth and the makes more sense. Um, yes, agreed. Um, agreed. But, but yeah, but to go back to what the point you were making, I think, I think we are seeing that this is a better format for whatever ideas they had for a Mandalorian movie a Boba yep. Fett movie, um, this is a great medium for it. Yeah, um, I'm really, really happy. 
Because I honestly, like, when they, yeah, like you said, when they announced it, I was just like, I'm not sure how this is going to go. But okay. this is this is really the perfect medium for all that stuff. It really is. I mean, if it continues the way it's going currently, at least. And I mean, speaking of Boba Fett, we didn't really want to believe it because we weren't getting any confirmation, but we've already seen him in Mandalorian then. Yeah, they, right. When, when uh, what's her face? Um, uh, oh, I yeah, I know who you're talking about. On the on the assassin. Um, yeah. What? Uh, 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 do, do a quick Google. Look it up, uh, Daniel. I, yeah, I was I was yeah. just talking about her. What's her name? Um. Anyway, the the assassin for the huts. Uh. uh that gets offed by our characters at the end of the episode. Yeah. You hear the, the boot spurs mm-hmm. that are so famously attached to Boba Fett. The Boba. Mm-hmm. Um. And everyone's like. Oh, that's got to mean something. I mean, Dave Filoni and John Favreau don't do anything accidentally, so no, no, they don't. Um, I I think we've gotten confirmation already that he's alive and well, unless this is somebody wearing his armor. But um, so that's that's super interesting. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Um, while Daniel is tracking down the name, that will continue to bother me. Um. So we've got this documentary on Disney Plus. Uh, yes. Inside, uh, inside the Mandalorian. Toro, mm-hmm. Jake. Oh yeah. The actual series is called Gallery. Fennec. What? What? Fennec. Yeah, Fennec Shand. Thank That's you. it. Thank you, Fennec Shand. Played uh, by Ming Nguyen. Yes. <laughs> uh, and she's going to be back apparently. Oh yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty clear. They've announced her casting's back, so I guess she's. I'm oh, doing okay. I'd be very surprised if she wasn't back. Well, and I don't know. This is another kind of deep cut, but uh, because she was in a set, one of Jabba the Hutt's best assassins, she and Boba know each other. Right. right. So I wonder if there's some team up action mm. happening there. Ooh. Boba's not the one who kills. I mean, Boba just finds her. Right. Um, so I wonder if there could be some, you know, hunting mm. of them going forward. Mm, that's sexy. Um, but yes, the galleries documentary on the making of the Mandalorian were two episodes. Yes. And, so great. Uh, if you've watched the Mandalorian and enjoyed the Mandalorian, holy cow, it's so it's wonderful. just about to get better somehow. Yeah. Um, somehow it's getting better. What struck you guys? Uh, we'll kind of speak generally and then talk more specifically. But what's what struck you guys so far about at least what we know about the making of the show and. I'm just, oh, you mean in the the making of documentary? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that, I think it was so uh, cool to hear just, I mean, they have the, if you don't know the sort of premise of the documentary, it's like a round table situation. So um, John Favreau Mm -hmm. and all of the directors, and all of the directors of the episodes are there. And um, the first episode is specifically about um, the direction and then the second episode is called um, Legacy. Legacy, yeah. So, um, yeah, it was just. It, I mean, it's it's something that's really not done often to have a different director of every single episode. Yeah. Um, a lot of series. A lot of series will have you know like two or three that they kind of like rotate through. Right. Um, but to have this sort of like team and they all 
they all vary in experience and they all vary in and tone like, genre and, tone and, and genre. Yeah. And, um, I think that it's a, it's a testament of, of the writing of the show yeah. and, uh, of, of the production of the show. Yeah. Like John, John Favreau being able to bring that team together. That it, yeah. that it works so cohesively. Like you, I yeah. mean, as, as like an actor, I obviously could tell that every episode was directed by someone different because just like, just like totally. we were saying, like the tone is different. Totally. Like they're a little, you know, you can tell like, oh, this person really, really likes these kind of shots or they really love, you know, action or um, what have you. But- uh, What have you? What have you? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was really cool to just kind of like see them all in the same place and yep. to have um have them understand the the importance of like what they were doing yeah and it, all of them in one way or another were very influenced by star wars or whether they're like huge super fans or just like you know those were some of their first like film experiences as children well right i mean the the, the people inheriting star wars now are the people just, I mean, they're, they're younger, they're not younger than our parents, but they're still mm -hmm. kind of the generation right ahead of us. But they're, yep. they're, they're, they're people who are old enough to see Star Wars at the perfect age, like 11, yes. 12 years old. Totally. And they are yeah. now kind of the inheritors of all of this. And we are so much better for it. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Absolutely. They know better than anyone. Yeah. They know better than any generation, um, at least as far as the originals go, um, uh, what that feeling was like seeing the first Star Wars in a movie theater. And getting the toys and, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're from the beginning. Watching it, so. watching it become Star right. Wars. Their perspective is really valuable. Um, um, I had a couple of thoughts. And, uh, and it, was in, it was just really interesting to watch. Um, well, first of all, just watching Dave Filoni um, explain uh, his oh. his thoughts on the Duel of Fates. We need to post uh. this on YouTube. I mean, like, honestly, or just like that. that, like, section alone was just uh, so awe-inspiring. And I loved that they, like, would pan to the other directors and John Favreau and all of them. And they're just like, oh my, <laughs> just completely enthralled by what he was saying. Because so it was like, he's a fucking, like, encyclopedia genius about yeah. Star Wars. Well, I and think Deborah Chow, I think she said in the documentary, she said, like, he, he knows, he, like, inherently knows what the right Star Wars things to do. Right. Yeah. He knows yeah. what is right. And, yes. and that sounds kind of like a, uh, I don't know, almost a douchey thing to say, like, nobody, nobody should have the right to know what it is. Yes. But no one argues it when you say it about Dave Filoni, because it's- No, he just- he, it's, like, is George Lucas reincarnated. Like, yep. Yeah. He gets- he Well, and he has a- He has such a- um, because I was as I was watching it, he was like, you know, bearing his testimony about Star Wars, basically, yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, and and just he's, it's it's inside him. Yeah, it, it's just it's coming from him, and he has an a, a, the most extreme like respect and reverence and reverence for like that's what I got. For, I could tell he loves it, but it's this, yeah. this, this, this reverence towards towards what Star Wars is and what Star Wars means. Right. There's, there's, a, there's an importance there, yeah. Well, and he shed a really interesting light. Uh, you know, he talks about how he, he got the job with 
Mm-hmm. With, uh, Lucasfilm and how he such a cool story. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't believe it. Like you guys are joking with me. It was like the SpongeBob. SpongeBob the SpongeBob people are messing with <laughs> me. I'm being sure. I'm being pranked by the SpongeBob people again. And uh, talks about his meeting with George Lucas at the ranch, uh, and then he gets up and a couple minutes later, he see, George sends him out of the room, and then Lady comes out and tells him he got the job. And but he uh, he shed some really interesting light on how George. Um, was always in favor of pushing Star Wars in bold new directions with new right. voices. Yep. But the most important thing he ever told him was make sure it's hopeful. Make yeah. sure yeah, I wrote whatever that down. you do and whatever story. Uh, yeah, he said, um, yeah, he said, remember to make these stories hopeful. So much hope. We can be driven, uh, anyone can be driven to do terrible things, but we can persevere. Which, you know, it's like, and, and I, which I think is like probably maybe a reason why they didn't do a Boba Fett yeah. story. Yeah. Because, yeah. You know, yeah. like, how do you make a Boba Fett story hopeful? I mean, that would have been interesting to see, but like, I think that doing the Mandalorian show makes and the, and, and sense. And the introduction of the child is, is brilliant. I mean, the epitome of hope. That is yeah. literally the epitome Absolutely. of hope. Absolutely. Yeah. You I watch mean, someone who, for the last, you know, hour, you've, you know that they have been killing people. Right. And, here's this child yeah and and you you see which is brilliant too because he's wearing a freaking suit of armor so (laughs) like this like you know you see the change happen in him where he's Mm -hmm. like nothing else matters and this is my priority yeah which is which is like the definition of hope it's so awesome um then my other thought that I had while watching the documentary was it kind of just because of like the way that like John Favreau is like looking at him and all these directors. I, I it feels like and, and also just his story from like being more or less mentored by uh, by George Lucas mm-hmm. and now it kind of feels like he's sort of being mentored by John Favreau and Kathleen like, Kennedy and I, it just feels like they're sort of like you know prepping him they're like very yeah. slowly nurturing him well, into... and he's he's still he's completely new to live action yeah right and i, I love yeah. how humble he is about that he's oh like, he's so the, humble the, the, yeah john favreau's filling in the gaps of technical filmmaking and dave filoni's filling in the gaps of just sheer canon knowledge yeah mm-hmm. um there's 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 people out there that would be like that know they aren't ready for it but yeah. they love it so much that they're just like like that they would throw themselves out there. They're like, I need to do the next Star Wars film. You know, even though I know I'm ready, but I, I need to do it. You know what I mean? Like, but he knows he's just like, I love it too much. And it's too important to me and the fans that like, I know that I'm not ready to do a Star right. Wars film. Well, and, and, yeah. and more technical filmmakers can speak to this better than I can. But he, uh, he mentions how, you know, his background is in art and in painting and um, how composing a, whether it's photography or film, you know, composing an image or composing a scene kind of comes naturally to him because he's so used to animating storyboards. Um, So he's got kind of an innate vision of what things should look like. And once he builds these skills that he's probably getting from Jon Favreau and being surrounded by- All of those directors. Dallas Howard and Taika and Mm -hmm. uh, all of them. Mm -hmm. Deborah Chow, I mean, he's going to be like, I don't know, like the amalgamation of... Mm-hmm. It's like of, the most incredible masterclass you could ever yeah. attend. Um, but yeah, it just kind of feels like 
uh, they're slowly nurturing him to become oh, like the Lord next like predecessor. Yeah. Right. Well, I think all of these directors, you already see some of them, you know, having started with Mandalorian, you're seeing them get involved in a bigger scale. So Deborah Chow's doing the Obi-Wan series. Right. right? Oh my God. Gonna Can't be wait. Amazing. Oh, he's so good. Uh, uh, um, Taika Waititi was just announced. Uh, on May the 4th, that he is being given an untitled Star Wars movie. Which is going to be... Uh, with the writer of 1917, uh, Christy Wilson Cairns. So you've got, you've got two uh, Oscar nominees helming a Star Wars movie we know nothing about, but it's going to be amazing. It would be uh, my dream if, like, because, you know, we, we they announced that the uh, the creators of Game of Thrones were originally going to do a, a, uh, a trilogy. Yeah. Um, if that, instead of them, because they still haven't gotten a replacement for them yet, correct? Well, I don't know about a replacement, but I know uh, Ryan Johnson was given a separate trilogy from what yeah. the... Right, we, guys yeah, we talked about in. that, yeah. And I, right. I, as of now, I assume that's still on, so Ryan Johnson will have another crack at... Well, actually, I have two thoughts. Because, I mean, if, if they are in, indeed still doing the idea of trilogies, yep. then um, it would be it would be cool. And it seems like they are kind of, like, leading Dave Filoni into that direction. Like, they might be like, okay. He might get a full trilogy to yeah, himself. Yeah, you're a Jedi Master now. Now you can, <laughs> now you can yeah, do it. Yeah, I wonder... I wonder if they'll continue with the trilogy stuff. Well, that was my other thought, yeah. because they actually even said themselves that they kind of, I think Kathleen Kennedy said- Getting away from the episodic nature yeah. of things. Yeah, yeah. Like more mm -hmm. one-offs. Uh, and I know, I mean, unless they announce differently, but Taika is just doing one movie, so. Yeah, I mean, do, the one-offs are certainly easier, because yeah. then they, you know, can they can use a different director every single time. It's not going to, like, tonally change the, you know, as we saw with- right. Seems so, like they're kind of like wanting to go off of the the success of the Marvel format. Yes. Yeah. You know, and yeah, it's part of an art, a larger story, but you could watch it on its own and yes. and still have a have a great time and not be confused. It would make complete yeah. sense. Yeah. Um. And I I think too we've talked about it just the getting away from the Skywalker saga mm -hmm. enables them to not paint themselves into a corner. Yes. From a canon standpoint. Um, you can much kind of... less, much less um, grunt work on their end. And I think that's why I really do. If Ryan Johnson is indeed doing this this trilogy, I I, I do think he's going to get a, a a fairer shake from the sect of fandom that just didn't like Last Jedi because it made you change your perceptions on characters. Once he's given his own thing. Yeah. Where he's not having to follow anything up or leave crumbs for someone else to follow. Where there's no expectations. Right. Then then you will realize the man's brilliance, I think. Because he yeah. is brilliant. He's yeah. absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Yep. Um, there was a reason why he was doing what he was doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, loved, I loved what Taika Waititi said uh, about his whole approach to Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, Said oh, it yeah. doesn't take itself 100% seriously, uh, but it believes in itself. Yep. So great. It's like that, that that's, that's the, the perfect, perfect explanation. Yep. I've, I've tried, I've tried to say, I've tried to say that yeah. so many times and I just cannot put it into words. And we all like, know that feeling. It's like, yeah, we laugh. We know it's silly at times. We know yeah. it's campy and cheesy and it can be all of those things, but at its, at the height of its powers, 
it knows all of that and still lands emotional weight. And, and yeah. yeah, well, and that's someone that understands comedy as well because that's yeah. that's like the definition. Like you, if you're like you know tongue in cheek and like winking at yourself and knowing that what you're doing is is funny the whole entire time, it's not it's not going to land well, right. And it's, it's walking like, a tightrope of 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 that comedy, but uh, not making fun of what's happening. Nope. You know, it's right. never making fun of the the action sequences or you know knocking a stormtrooper out. Yeah, you still take it. You still take it seriously. It's like there's yeah. real stakes, but uh, yeah. it's not this just relentless darkness. You know, there's yeah, like Taika Waititi's episode. Um, at least I'm I'm fairly certain it was this episode, like where um, the the stormtroopers are sort of like sitting around like, you know, yeah, that's his, that's his episode. They like, yeah. can't shoot it. They're like, Oh God. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, and there's obviously poking fun at the fact that they are terrible shots. Yes. It's little um, things like that. It's like stormtroopers can't hit anything and they're sitting there with the pistol trying to, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just, it's perfect. It's, um, but still, Still taking itself very seriously, but uh, well, even even Taika's portrayal of uh, IG Eleven, it's like yeah. this killer droid. Yes, uh, but also is apparently like suicidal. <laughs> but who, who's just uh, again kind of has that dry sense of humor while he's murdering people? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh my god, <laughs> that's great. And it's so just great. funny enough to where you're you're giggling, but. He's also a horror. I mean, just yeah, yeah. spinning around on, you know, his head spinning around, his machine, spinning like, around. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, that's peak, that's peak Star Wars. And yeah, I, I loved that. Absolutely peak Star Wars. Yep. Kind of Congratulations, Dave Filoni and everybody on the show. It's yeah. peak. I can't wait to see more episodes. Well, and um, they, they have kind of a running list of all the people uh involved directing season two and oh they, really i don't know if i've seen that yet these are all confirmed um is it like a lot of the same names or they got some some, some. uh so I, I believe everybody from the first season is back oh uh, cool uh is it the they, same amount of episodes i would assume not because the list of directors is longer oh okay. interesting so uh, no um Dave that's great Lowe. Dave Filoni is doing just one of them. He's written and directed just one of the episodes, but Tyka's doing one, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, uh, John Favreau, mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, uh, Rick Fumiawa, um, mm-hmm. Carl Weathers, who plays Grief Carpenter. Oh, Carpenter. he's directing? That's interesting. Oh. Uh, Peyton Reed, who directed Ant-Man, is uh-huh. doing an episode. Cool. And Robert Rodriguez. Okay. Oh, interesting. Neat. Uh, I mean, a, a cult filmmaker legend. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you you have an even wider breadth of perspectives for season two. Yeah, absolutely. So exciting. Uh, no more women, though. Hmm. Yeah. No. Well, no, no, there's no. No, <laughs> no all the new ones are men. I, I was hey, but at least they kept the women, right? Yeah, yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard and Deborah Chow. Chow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they didn't, they the didn't get rid of them and then also not hire. Woof. I would have been a bummer. Yeah, as of now, that's the list. I don't know if it'll get longer. Well, they would be, I mean, that would be a poor decision. The episodes that the two of them directed were really uh, but, amazing. Yeah. We've we, been given a series. I mean, like, we know what she's. Yeah. There needs to be more female directors and producers out there. Yeah. 
And if you listen to our our podcast about diversity, you would know that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved uh, speaking of it. I loved I loved what Bryce Dallas Howard um, because she's an actor. We all know her as an actor, but we also right. know her and probably. she's a woman. And she's a woman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and her father being Ron Howard, we know we're filmmaking. Which literally I was like oh, yesterday Danny. old when I realized that that was a thing. So angry at you. I'm so... I made a joke about it. We were in uh, our text thread and Daniel was like, yeah, who does she know? And I was like, what are uh, you who did she talking see? about? This job. Yeah. Her father is Ron Howard. <laughs> Have you heard uh, of him? Oh. And the story, oh. she says in the documentary, the story where... Uh, she went with her dad to Tokyo mm-hmm. and fell asleep during a meeting between Ron Howard, George Lucas, and uh, 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 Kurosawa. <laughs> Jeez. I like, yeah. No. Well, and they gave her like a really, and John Favreau even says, like they gave her a really gnarly episode because, yeah. awful, like, because it was someone, it, because it had to be someone who like wouldn't, because she's fairly new to directing. Right. So someone that would not see that and be like, oh, hell. There are so yeah. many technical things to deal with here. I don't know how, like dealing with water, these giant pools the of water. Water and, and everything. And she ADSD. just like. And yeah, she didn't the, know any better. No, because yeah, she, she was just like, like oh, yeah, of course I'm going to do this. But what I love about her approach is that because she's an actor, she's such an actor's director. And she said, you know, before anything else, I want to make sure that the performances are so confident that they, the actors feel confident and comfortable in what they're doing. If I need to cut away from a take, I want it, I never want it to have to be because of performance. If mm-hmm. I could, if I could watch a scene from one angle, I would. Yeah. Like I want to make which sure. Is, like, which is so awesome, and not yeah, not all sure, directors feel sure and think that every way. Every angle we shoot from. Uh, it, if I had to use just that angle, I could. I would be able and to. It wouldn't be a big yeah. deal. That's awesome. That that that's such a a great perspective. Um, yeah, I think she even said she was like, I I kind of went at it from the like like directing a play. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, yeah. So, so exciting developments on the Mandalorian front. It's oh man, it's going to be a heck. <laughs> I mean, we've we're in the midst of strange times, but it's at Mando. Season two apparently is on schedule for October yes, release. God. They were done shooting by the time everything went to hell, so they can do post-production <sighs> remotely. Oh, Rebels can be done remotely because yep. it's animated. Mm-hmm. Um, we still have plenty of content! Yes, it's thank you. for Star Wars if it's not for anything else. But, yes. But, um... Um, Daniel, do you have a closing, the closing thoughts for us? And then we'll, oh, we'll yeah, wrap this up. Okay. Yep. So I think it'd be really fun um, to ask the audience a question. We're breaking the floor. I don't want to talk. Okay. So, what character are you most excited about for Mando season two? Curious about that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, and or what character do you want to see that hasn't been announced yet? Like, is there a character that you're like, oh, I wish this was a Mando season two, or you know, really? Anywhere in Star Wars, I guess, but specifically um, Mandalorian season two. I'm just curious um, what your thoughts are. Yes. Um, but also, if you have just like any questions that you guys want us to talk about, or you're like, you know, things that we haven't mentioned, and you're like, why haven't you mentioned that? You can definitely drop into our DMs um, on our Instagram to... account, which is uh, at Inside the Tauntaun. Um, and also, you could also email us at inside the tauntaun podcast at gmail.com. Um, uh, yeah, 
So yeah, or comment on YouTube if you want. Also yeah. inside the Tauntaun, all of our handles are the same. So yeah, uh, reach out to us. Yeah, if you want, recommend. I mean, we kind of throw a lot of content out there, and uh, even all of us aren't done consuming all of it. But if you want recommendations on kind of where to start, or if you want a good entry entry point for something, yeah reach out we got you we want to keep the conversation going it's not enough to do it once every other week um yeah so interaction is good (laughs) also i'm really not busy and i want something to do so please (laughs) (laughs) so give us things to do interaction is is good so if you got absolutely want to hear it and we'll talk about it on our next episode um well i I don't want to speak for the group, but I just dawned on me that dare speak for me. Uh, in about little under 10 days, I believe is the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes yes. Back. Oh, that's yes. right. So we might have some things to say about that movie. Oh, yeah, we definitely, sh- we definitely do. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, there's, there's a whole lot to say about that one. So, yes. so perhaps we'll do a watch party again that's an interesting idea Mm. yeah so it's also it also uh possesses the namesake for this podcast Uh, correct it certainly uh, does get to see the scene you named our dear yes um awesome well thank you guys uh thanks so much for listening this is inside the tauntaun it is it is um i'm Alyssa, and i'm daniel and i'm dino May the force be with you. Always. See ya.